0: Hello, Sid Roth here. Welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural. Why are many believers dying prematurely? My guest was facing two life-threatening sicknesses until God said, so many have this one major blind spot. Next... Sid Roth has spent over 40 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural. I am so grateful. The Rocha Kodesh, the spirit of the living God, has honored us to be at this set right now. My guest, Margaret Green, a seer and a proven prophetic voice wants to unlock your God-given destiny. Margaret was sabotaged from birth, even to the point of attempted suicide at age eight. Margaret, what happened?
1: So, said I just grew up in a very you know, poverty-stricken area, and it was just so much going on and going to school and even being bullied and different things, because I was just so different. I lived with my father, who was very abusive, and um, he was an alcoholic, and so my mother actually left. Hmm. And so when my mother left because of the abuse, me and my sister, of course, were left behind, but I was the one who looked like my mother, so I took a lot of the abuse. Uh, One day, I just felt like I'm just so tired of life, maybe, You know, nobody loves me, God isn't real, and I just didn't want to be here any longer. Mm. And so one day, I just decided to end it all. I got some of my father's drugs that were there and took the whole bottle of pills because it was just better that I wasn't here. And went into cardiac arrest, and I died. But God revived me. Mm. You know, so God's purpose and His plan, even at eight years old, intervened in what I wanted to do and what I thought was best.
0: Uh, But God has some good plans for you. So you went to live with your mother Mm -hmm. after your father abandoned you. Yes. Uh, I mean, talk about rejection. Mm -hmm. And What was the good that came out of that?
1: Absolutely. So after going to go stay with my mother, um, my mother at that time got remarried to my stepfather. who was a minister. And so he came and gave me a word. He said that the Lord said that he is waiting on you. And at that time, I was like, what do you mean the Lord is waiting on me? You know, what could God possibly, you know, want with me? So I went to church, gave my life to the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, right there at the same time. It was like a weight was lifted, even at the age of 12 years old. It was just like, I was a new person.
0: Tell me how you experienced going to heaven.
1: I felt so light, and everything looked so bright. The Lord took me up to heaven, and in heaven there were so many angels, and there was this long pipe. It, it was like it never ended, and there was uh, this strings playing, and the angels were singing, and it was just so beautiful. I mean, it was it, it was glorious. It was it was like nothing I've ever seen or heard so right after that you know kind of still dealing with resentment still dealing with anger and feeling over your dad over my father you know um, still hearing those words of you're not loved nobody wants you nobody I loves understand. you i
0: understand it's almost like you hear this tape recording yeah. inside of your head
1: it was so it didn't it didn't matter um what others would say i would always hear my father's voice and so which caused me a lot of pain and heartache and 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 questions with God, like you know, hey. Why am I still here? You know, I'm still going through this. I'm still reliving this. And so, right after that, um, the anger issues landed me in a girl's home.
0: Well, your Baptist church rejected you, but yes. she started having prophetic dreams that yes. were coming to pass. And they said, God doesn't do that today. So, she's rejected by her church, she's rejected by her father. She went to a girl's home. But then you even felt you were rejected by God.
1: Yes. So after that, even having the prophetic dreams and um, the dreams coming to pass and and being rejected by the church, you know, I associated church with God. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, Lord, these are your people. So maybe what they're saying is true. Maybe you don't love me. Maybe. I'm not supposed to prophesy. Maybe, you know, this is not of you. And so I just felt rejected again.
0: And then your life starts really spiraling oh, yeah. even further down.
1: At 14. Oh, yeah. yeah, what happened? So at 14 years old, I became pregnant uh, with my first son. And then not only that, um, went to a homeless shelter. We, we lived on the streets. I even started stripping to make money and, you know, all types of things. I just. I didn't know what to do. I was now trying to take care of me and my son at 14 years old and I got, you know, of course, had another child and by the time I was just 19, I had four children. It blows my mind how you could cope with all of this. Even though I felt like God had rejected me and I felt like I was just damaged to the point that nobody, not even God, could love me, it was something that just made me keep going. and I. At that time I didn't know it I didn't know it was God, but it was him. He was still there. And
0: then you were getting dreams at that point yes. of uh, from the devil, of dying and of, what else?
1: Yes. I would always have dreams of death. Like you like I would not live to see the next day or something would happen. And but then there was one particular dream I had, Sid, where the Lord took me up to heaven again, and there were three angels sitting there. And these three angels had three different sets of instructions. And one was dealing with the prophetic, one was dealing with healing, and the other was dealing with deliverance. When I tried to speak and talk to the angels, because I wanted more information, I wanted to know what they were trying to say. And they shushed me, and they said, not now. And so I came out of the vision, so immediately I knew, kind of somewhat that God had a plan for me.
0: You have all these good things start (laughs) happening to you, uh, and then you're almost
1: raped and killed. I was invited to go to um, a a get-together. And so the Holy Spirit, you know, tugged on me not to go. But because, you know, peer pressure, um, I still went. There were men there, and I was raped, actually, Sid. So after, after, after the rape happened, they threw us in the car, and the men were discussing how they were going to get rid of us. It was me and a friend of mine. And so they were discussing how they were going to kill us. And so, at that moment, the only person that I could think of that shows up in the midnight hour, that shows up when you're in need of help was Jesus the Messiah. And I began to call on the name of Jesus. And as I began to call on the name of Jesus, they were saying, God can't hear you. He can't hear you. Stop calling His name. Well, I continued to call His name. It didn't even matter what they did. I mean, they even started to punch me in the back of the head. They started doing all types of things. I kept calling on the name of Jesus until they let us out of that car.
0: So your life for spared. Get this. She goes to a revival meeting then, and something wonderful happened.
1: Yes. So right after that, I told the Lord, Lord, you got my attention. I know you're with me. I know you're real. And I know, and you are my Savior. Like, you're my Redeemer. And at this revival meeting, I just felt the Lord saying, hey, I want to deliver you. I want to completely set you free. And I mean, I got delivered from every demon, every everything that had me bound. I mean, I got delivered.
0: It gets better. <laughs> it gets better, it really does. <laughs> she meets the man of her dreams. We've interviewed him. And so you're, you're happily married. Yes. God speaks to you and said, what your calling was.
1: So the Lord, so after getting married, the Lord speaks to me. He said, I've called you to create. I've called you for change, and I've called you to build. And he reminds me of a vision that he showed me of different flags from different countries, different faces, different races. And he said, these are the nations I'm going to put you before, and you shall preach, and you shall prophesy, and you shall you know, walk in healing and deliverance before my people. And I was like, wow, God, OK. and. My question was like, "Okay, well, when is this going to happen? Like, this is great news, right? And so, uh, but then something happens. I'll
0: tell you what. Now, Margaret is ready for one more big trial. She was visited by a demon named Fear and then received a death sentence. Be right back. EP 3, take 2, AB, Common Mark
1: the lord has really been dealing with me about your kingdom identity and your fingerprint i don't know so if you've ever watched a crime movie or seen a crime committed the first thing they do is dust for fingerprints because fingerprints identify who was at the scene of the crime and jesus wants people to understand when he's present when he's at the scene and so he wants i feel the holy spirit i'm sorry can we cut I'm sorry what's going on right now I just believe that God wants to release a healing in here in a crime scene the first thing they do they dust for fingerprints because fingerprints identify who's been there you identify the fingerprint of God when he comes to the room because you feel him The wind of God, that's his fingerprint. And you know that he's present. Like now, he's present. And he's resting on everyone. And God says, I'm leaving my fingerprint on everybody here. And when God leaves his fingerprint, the evidence of that is your healing. Just how he left his fingerprint on me. And that's what I felt in the room.
0: We now return to It's Supernatural. Margaret, tell me about the demon called fear.
1: Yes. So, Sid, one night I have a vision. And in the vision, I was visited by a demonic presence that manifested in a physical form. And it looked at me, and it said, you're going to die soon. I snapped right back. Did God tell you that? And the demon said, a challenge ooh, I love a challenge, and walked away. And so immediately the Lord said that was the spirit of fear. Mm. And so I didn't understand why this spirit or this demon had visited me when God had just spoke to me about purpose and the things that he had for me and, and, you know, what he was getting ready to do. You didn't
0: know about tests. When the demons see what you say about what God says, they try to abort it. Go ahead.
1: Absolutely. Shortly thereafter, um, I went to the doctor's office just for a regular physical. I wasn't feeling any pain. I wasn't, you know, feeling sick or anything. Um, but I had something intermittent, just some tiny teeny tiny pain. And so the doctor said, you know what, we'll just do a CAT scan just to make sure, mm-hmm. but you're you're healthy and 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 I don't think anything's wrong. You will sit at this time, you know ministry we we are seeing miracles I mean I'm preaching the word of God I mean I'm I'm just this Jesus girl and go to the doctor and they come back after the after doing the CAT scan and it's not only one doctor but there's more than one doctor coming into the room and the look on their faces they were just so like Mm. just It was like so distraught, and I was just like, what's going on, you know, is everything okay? And they said, we're so sorry, we have to tell you, you have what we call an aortic dissection. And I said, what is that? I've never heard of that. They said, well, most people that come in, they're already deceased, you know, but you, you know, we're trying to figure out how you're walking around with an aortic dissection and an aortic dissection is when there is a tear in the major artery that supplies blood to all of your organs. So they said, and not only that, we also have to tell you, you have multiple blood clots in both your lungs and one next to your heart.
0: Is that dangerous?
1: That's very dangerous. It sounds like Again, it most people who have so that... So two death sentences. Two death sentences in one visit. Wow. And and they said, we can't treat the dissection because if we go in and try to stent it, you'll die of the blood clots. If we treat the blood clots because you have a tear in your major artery here, you'll die of the the dissection. That
0: spirit of death really came after you. It
1: came after me. So they said, you have a 5% chance of life. That's what they gave me. That was my sentence. And so immediately, I was just like, Lord, what just happened? You just told me you were gonna bring me before nations and you had all of these great things for me, but what I got was a, a death sentence. But the Lord quickly said, hey, understand this, your diagnosis is not always your destiny. Did you remember what I told you? And so with that said, I had to start speaking even though I experienced you know, a great deal of frustration with it because I also remember what that spirit of fear said when he showed up in my vision. He told me I was gonna die soon. But the type of death that he saw wasn't the type of death that God was t- speaking of. He was speak. God was saying, I want you to die to you, Margaret, so you can live this life uh-huh. that I have for you. So you can walk into the calling and the, and the, and the manifestation
0: of what I spoke for you. So she started proclaiming the written promises of God about healing. That was as real to her as if God spoke audibly. But she just got it in the Bible and started
1: proclaiming.
0: So what happened to the blood clots?
1: So after three weeks or so, the blood clots just disappeared. (laughs) And I went back to the doctor and they said, wait a minute. uh, Blood clots like the ones you have or had, they don't disappear. Not like that. What did you do? And I said, I began to decree and declare the word of God over my life and the promises that he spoke concerning my life.
0: Uh, But what about the
1: aneurysm? The dissection remained. And I wondered. I said, Lord, why is this dissection still here? And this is what the Lord said. He said, while some issues are hereditary, he said, but your issue is connected directly to your heart. And he revealed at that moment, you've been teaching, you've been preaching, he said, but yet you have a heart issue. And I said, well, Lord, what is the heart issue that I have? Because I'm just like, and he said, Margaret, he said, you have a forgiveness problem. He said, your father that hurt you, those that hurt you, even the men that raped you, you held them in your heart all these years. He said, you wasn't healed, you were numb. And he said, now I have to unnumb you so you can feel it, so I can heal you completely. How did you say
0: you had to forgive?
1: So I had to forgive everyone, my father, my mom, my... But didn't you deal with forgiveness before? Oh, yes. I thought that I... Forgave them. But the Lord was saying, No, you, true forgiveness is when you release people. And He said, Margaret, when you got married, you walked down the aisle because you still held on to what happened to you. They walked down the aisle with you, they wake up with you. When you're ministering at that pulpit, they're with you. And He says, I can no longer, He said, This is where I draw the line in the sand. He's because, he, and He spoke this, He said, I said in the end, they will say, Didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I prophesy in your name? He said that I will say to them, get away from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. And he said, Margaret, my daughter, I don't want to say to you, I never knew you because you failed to forgive.
0: Okay. You repented. Then what it God do? Right
1: got then to? and there. I was like, oh, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> what it God to? And so when I repented, the Lord said, now I'm going to use what was meant to kill you to heal you. Wow. Yeah. And very... So
0: you got healed of the heart's issue, the aneurysm.
1: Yes. So right after that, I went in my room and I was laying down, and I felt something happen. It was almost like the Spirit of God came in, the glory of God, and this is what, because no man touches, you. when the glory comes in, no one has to touch you. And I was laying there, and the glory of God just came into the room, and I and I jumped up, and I said, I'm healed. And I wa- I ran into the room with my husband, and I said, hey, and he said, what's, what's going on? I said, I'm healed. He said, God I said, no, I'm healed. And so I went to the doctor's, made an appointment, and they did another CAT scan, because by this time, I had been hospitalized 28 times. And the 29th time I went, they said, we don't know what happened, but that aortic aneurysm, that dissection, is no longer there.
0: You're a healed woman. Yes. Miracles exploded in your life. Yes. right? After that repentance, tell us a few.
1: So I wrote a thirty day devotional in the midst of being uh, sick and speaking speaking those words that the Lord had released. And as she read the book, she took one day and she read a chapter each day. At the end of the thirty days said, She was completely healed of stage four cancer. Completely. There was not a sign, there was not a trace, and the doctors could not explain what had happened. She didn't do chemo, there was no special diet. All she did was read 30 days of what, of the words the Lord spoke to me, and she was healed.
0: Bet you want to get that book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) After going on a show with Isik Abba and telling my story, through that, tens of thousands of Muslim women who gave their life to Jesus the Messiah. And not only that, a lot of them received like supernatural healings, some that were barren, that could not get pregnant, got pregnant. And I mean, so many healings that came forth. And it was just so many testimonies. It was just, it was, it was incredible to see what the Lord did. Very
0: good. You say our trials set us up for the glory of God to be revealed. Yes. Explain
1: the broken place is a place where it's a place of intimacy with the father you understand that the one that's blessing you is the one that's also breaking you he's the one that's also bringing you to a place of neology i call it prayer supplication fasting. (laughs) (laughs) he's bringing you to that place and it doesn't always feel good because you don't understand the why, but He understands the why. And He understands that the why is good for you. And sometimes things that's good for us doesn't always feel good. But God always has a plan in mind. And it's always to bring Him glory. And through what I went through, it was to bring God glory. And it was to release His glory here on earth.
0: Based on what you just said, this is the biggest question. Could unforgiveness include things that like were hidden from you that are hidden for us and how can we recognize them
1: so if you are suffering from rejection abandonment if you are uh, rehearsing things that happened to you in the past it could even be an offense that you committed against someone else cuz maybe you 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 have a problem with forgiving yourself uh, or forgiving others, your mom, your dad. There's different things that we, can, that we go through that brings to light or reveals, hey, you may have a problem with forgiveness, but you have to understand forgiveness brings about bitterness, and bitterness can, can lead to heart issues. It can lead to sickness, uh, physical sicknesses, as it manifested for me into a, a physical sickness.
0: I, I found it interesting. You even said fatigue. But could Jesus, be a symptom of yes. this.
1: Because it drains you, Sid. When you hold on to all of that and you're rehearsing and you're thinking about that, it, mentally and physically drains you.
0: This I know, it all starts with Jesus. Yes. It all ends with Jesus. Right now, repeat this prayer out loud. Jesus, I make you my Messiah and Lord forgive me of my sins live inside of me yes i love you lord yes Amen. amen margaret pray for and explain the second wind yes
1: So the second win is when the Lord Jesus comes in and releases a newfound love. He reignites the fire within for you to fulfill the plan and purpose that he has set for your your life. And I wanna pray right now for every viewer, everyone that's watching right now. I wanna pray and prophesy a second win right now. If you would just lift your hands right now, I believe the glory of God is about to hit your home. your family, hit your children, your immediate family, extended family, if you would just lift your hands and just begin to worship God, just like uh, the King Hezekiah, uh, when he received the report from the prophet Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah said that, hey, you're going to die, but as he began to worship, as he began to lift his hand and give God glory, the report changed. The prophet Isaiah came back and said, the Lord said, I'm adding unto your life if you would just lift your hands right now I feel a shift and the Lord says I'm adding to your life because you surrendered because you told him I want to release this I release unforgiveness I release the things that people have done to me I release the heaviness I release the fear in the mighty name of Jesus father we thank you right now for the second wind. we thank you for the fire that's being ignited in your people now in Jesus mighty name Amen I'm going to take you on a journey, a journey of healing and deliverance, a journey of even discovering your purpose and who you were created to be. You may not have had an encounter. You may not have had a vision, but there are ways to discover who you are and who you were created to be. There are divine things that God has placed on each and every last one of us. Everybody in life is going to go through something. But it doesn't mean that God does not have a perfect plan and will for your life. I experienced all of these different things. Just like you, you may be in a place where you're experiencing discouragement or fear, or you want to give up on life, or you don't know who you're called to be. It's, It's like this, Lord, you love me but you got me in a place where I feel hopeless. I feel like you're not there. I don't hear your voice. I don't, I don't see you. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Understand that God is with you and he has his very best in mind for you. You may feel desperate. You may feel like God is not with you, but it's the very opposite. It's just a place where he's bringing you closer to him. I believe that as you go through these CDs, you'll receive what you are looking for. You'll receive that miracle. You'll receive that supernatural breakthrough. And not only that, you'll discover who you are created to be. So I wrote a 30-day devotional. I actually wrote it in the midst of my healing journey. I wasn't healed yet, but I understood that God wanted to heal me. He spoke and said, I want to use what was meant to kill you to heal you. But you have to start speaking life. I want you to see yourself healed. And I begin to speak it, and as I begin to speak it, I begin to write it. Even though I wasn't healed yet, I knew that healing was my portion. As a matter of fact, someone read this devotional, and after 30 days, she was healed of stage 4 cancer. That's how powerful... I'm sorry. That's how important it is to believe what God is saying. Your very life is dependent on it. Can I have some Sorry. And I didn't understand it at the time when I began to write, but under the instruction of the Holy Spirit, the Lord said, write, and I want you to write, and I just want you to, to just speak life every single day for 30 days and this woman who the doctors had given up on at 30 days she went back to the doctors and no cancer she was cancer free i feel a strong wind of god's glory I feel God's here and he's present. Believe that God has healing for you. Father, we thank you for your healing power. We thank you for your healing glory. Father, we thank you for all of those who's going to read this devotional. Father, we expect testimonies of healing and deliverance to take place in the mighty name of Jesus, the Messiah.